Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Gray's Academy. You have your two beautiful podcast hosts. My name is Carmen. My name is Kelsey, and it is a beautiful day for a podcast. And let me tell you, it's actually a rainy ass day here. I don't know what the weather is there, but it's cold uh, and rainy here. It's, well, it's not cold, it's, it's just rainy. It's cold and dry here. Um, but I will tell you, uh, fun fact, my dog shit in the house today. So, <gasps> That's so yeah. unlike him. I know. So that made it a poopy day. You know what I mean? Literally. Literally. Uh, also, we made it through a real intro and we didn't fuck it up. I know. We really did that. I don't know when the last time that happened was. <laughs> and um, it's daytime. So it is. Oh, Already starting gracious. off the rails by being normal. Ooh. This is the, the, the crazy is the new normal or the normal is the new crazy. Yes. It's insane that we would be normal. Anyways, uh, welcome back, everyone. Uh, real quick, I know we've got uh, an email that came mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. Uh, but I do want to start this episode by reading a brand new um, five-star review that we have off of the Apple Podcasts page. And uh, Kelsey, did you ever find out for sure what what the deal with with five-star reviews is? Can you only see the ones in your country? Did we ever did we ever come we to did conclusion? Did not verify that. All right. Well, we'll figure it out. Um, but this one here is a five-star review from <laughs> Girl Quirrell. Uh, and this review is from Saturday. Shout out, Shout out Girl Quirrell. Uh, the title is literally so good, exclamation point. And all it says with the five-star review is the best podcast I ever heard, exclamation point. So wow. Girl Quirrell, high if you're praise. out there. High praise. Uh, if you're out there listening, we appreciate it, Girl Quirrell. Uh, shout out to you and all your friends and family. Truly. We love you all. Yeah. So we can definitely read. Uh, if you give us a five star review, we'll read it. We'll read it live. Yes. Uh, we'll do it live. And uh, you could find uh, the email that Kelsey's about to read at Gray's Academy pod at gmail.com. And you could also reach out to us on Instagram at Gray's Academy pod and then at Carmen.Gabriel.Official at Catically Kelsey. Uh, we reach out and we talk. No spoilers, obviously, but uh, you can also get some uh, hot, stanky Patreon content in the link below. So definitely check that out in the description here and follow us on Patreon. But Pretty please. Pretty please. Kelsey, to you, my friend. Okay, so we have a special email we're going to share um, that came in from uh, a listener in Botswana. Shout Which out. Is amazing. So I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago, Carmen had um, mentioned that Botswana had come into the top 10 of our international listenership, which was like a new country we hadn't seen before. Um, so we had a listener write in to say hello. So this um, email comes from our friend Cebu. And she says, hey, guys, I was so excited to hear the shout out for Botswana in the top 10. I found the podcast and binged the entire thing and shared with my fellow Grace fans. I'm a huge Grace Anatomies fan like Kelsey have and have watched it countless times and was a Derek stan until I heard the very valid toxic traits you guys have pointed out. <laughs> I'm out here changing lives, people. <laughs> Simu, shout out. (laughs) Um, I have loved hearing Carmen's predictions and it gives some insight on how someone who has never seen the show views it. Love the podcast. And then there's a little thing down here that I don't want to read because it's kind of a, not really a spoily, kind of a spoily. Um, 
but if you think just, it's kind of a spoily, then don't don't say it. I'm not going to give the details. All it says is later on in the show, there is a shout out to Botswana, which was another reason that really made her love the show. Oh, shout so, out Botswana. Um, says, thanks so much for the podcast, Cebu. And so then I had emailed her back to ask. First of all, she spelled my name correctly, which I love to see. Um, most people who email us or reach out do spell my name correctly because my name is spelled weird. And so I love, I love when people take the time to, to do that correctly. Um, and so we, we kind of bonded over that because she also has a unique name that she says constantly is misspelled and mis- mispronounced. So we, uh, oop, and I dropped my phone. Uh, we had a moment where we understood each other on that, but, uh, love I that. reached out to ask her how to pronounce it and if it was okay to, to shout out. And she said, yes. So that's amazing. So Cebu, thank you so much for listening. And she told lots of her friends to um, listen as well, which we love to see. Oh, yeah. And while we're while we're on the topic, uh, it is worth noting that in our last seven days, Botswana is still in the top mm-hmm. 10. They currently hold the one, two, three, four, the number five spot. So shout out if you are uh, a friend of Cebu's, you're a friend of the shows and we appreciate mm-hmm. all of you. Uh, and yes, also- I told her it was probably her that got it past <laughs> the top 10, because if she was streaming and told her friends, then I was like, this is probably you, girl. Yeah, you that's a. That grassroots movement, uh, we appreciate mm-hmm. you. And also, any any friend that spells Kelsey's name right is a friend of mine. So, uh, Cebu, yeah, welcome you. to the Gray's Academy podcast family. We uh, love having you here. Yeah, so thank you guys. Um, we do, and I told her also when I responded, like, it literally makes our day when we get messages from people on Instagram or emails. Um, it's just really fun, and, like, it's, like, we know there are listeners because we see numbers, but when we actually get to have the interaction and, like, it's putting a person behind these numbers, um, especially when it's like someone on in Botswana for crying out loud. Like I'm sitting in Tennessee and I'm talking to someone in Botswana. That's literally incredible. And these are the times we say, thank you, Internet. Sometimes you're amazing. And these are those times. It's true. Uh, also, uh, <laughs> shout out to our uh, original Patreon subscriber, Alicia. She mm-hmm. had responded to my uh, uh, my chili cheese dog instagram story Mm -hmm. and uh she was letting me know that there is a place in her hometown that has uh Mm -hmm. really great hot dogs and uh if we ever make it out there i don't want it for privacy reasons i'm not going to share all of that but uh do you just want to say shout out alicia thanks for uh uh talking to us and keeping up with us on uh instagram as well uh cbu feel free to join the join the club as well we love it we love did you say our regular instagrams or just the podcast one I think I said all three of them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, at just in case I didn't, at Carmen.Gabriel.Official, at Chaotically Kelsey, and that's Kelsey with a C, uh, <laughs> and uh, at Gray's Academy Pod. And uh, without further ado, we uh, will talk about this episode. Talk about the episode. Okay. This is the third episode of the fourth season, the 64th episode overall, called Let the Truth Sting, which is a song. It is a song. Now, I'm going to go ahead and just come clean, guys. Uh, I did not listen to this one before the episode. Uh, actually, I haven't even uh, really listened to the song. I listened to the first five seconds, and then I skipped to like a minute and a half. So uh, I was going to give some information about this one, but the the song Let the Truth Sting by David Gray uh, doesn't seem to have a ton of information out here. Uh, but let me just live live pull up some info on this here uh 
one of the things that I do is I look at the album that these these songs come from and one of the things that i do is also make sure to touch on the lyrics so uh with that being said the album is called a century ends and it was released in 1993 uh let's see if this bad boy did any charting on the interwebs we also uh listened to it and it was uh, we didn't have agreeing opinions. Are you taking a picture of us? Yeah. Hi, I look terrible. <laughs> it's all right. I took like three while you were talking and I was like, he will be so mad if I post any of these. So I had oh, yeah. to let you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I should have just, I should start wearing a hat while I do this recording. Um, or like do my hair like a normal person. But uh, anyways, okay. So a century <laughs> ends was uh, actually David Gray's debut album released April 12th, 1993. Um, now, this uh, particular song was not uh, one of the singles. The singles from this album was Birds Without Wings, Shine, and Wisdom. The It doesn't seem there was any uh, charting for these, but it does look like um, it was... Uh, it did have a press from Trouser Press. The quote from that specifically is... <laughs> Gray sings with equal parts sensitivity and vitality, emotional attributes that underscore the Van Morrison qualities of his tenor. He da, did da, da. the music because we we listened to like the little bit of the beginning, and the music did remind me of Van Morrison. Yes, we didn't listen to much of the singing. Yeah, we did it together. Uh, but a couple of the lyrics, I'll go to the uh, the chorus. Wow, which one is the chorus? It would have helped if I listened to the song, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> This seems to be the chorus. Oh, through the borderline, in front and behind, one pain, ending while another begins, lies ruin disease into wounds like these. Let the truth sing. Yeah. Let the truth sing. Sting. That's perfect. Sting. Right. No, sorry. No. It says sing here. There it is. Okay, so there's a different there's a different line. Okay. Oh, okay. Blind like, circle, what? moon and sun body willing, mind undone, one pain ending while another begins, lies ruin disease into wounds like these. Let the truth sting. All right. Um so also I want to mention Sorry, this is so off topic. Do you have anything else on the song? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just don't want to forget this. Wait, final thing. Do you have thing? anything else on the song? Yeah. Yep. Final thing is I would not download this song. It is a, <laughs> I would rate this song a med student intern. Wait, what is it? Med student intern resident fellow attending. We have so mm-hmm. few med student in, intern ratings on this show it's that true. I almost forgot. Uh, I'd give it a two. I'd give it a two. Okay. It's a song. It exists. It would not download. But David Gray, you have a song that's on iTunes, and I'm proud of you. So, okay. I'm so sorry I interrupted that. That was wildly rude. Um, Okay. I just don't want to forget this. So today we're recording. It is Wednesday, January 18th, because for a while we were ahead of ourselves, and now we're not. So we're recording this the day before it comes out, which is very on brand for who we are as human beings. But uh, Friday, January 13th, was the birthday of both Patrick Dempsey, who plays Derek Shepard, and our queen, Shonda Rhimes. Wow. So I wanted to shout that out um, before I forgot because I knew that that had been happened since the last episode dropped, but uh, so I wanted to mention it. 
Yeah, happy birthday, uh, Patrick and Shonda. Uh, do you think that's why he got cast originally? Is like they were in between two people, but it boiled <laughs> down to uh, they're both those Capricorns. Capricorns. They love each other. You know, and that, right. what, you know what they say: birds of a Capricorn fly Capricorn. Mm, that is exactly what they say. All right, let's do this. This was fun. This is a fun little intro. Also, we are going to have uh, a specific stopping point for uh, some messages from our sponsors today. So uh, when that happens, you'll know, friends. Yes, hopefully it won't be in the middle of the sentence like it was last week. Sorry, we're still trying to figure out how ads work. We are doing yeah. our best. Okay. Capitalism. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this episode aired October 11th, 2007. It was written by Mark Wilding and directed by Dan Minahan, both of whom we have seen multiple times before. It has 19.04 million views. And the Netflix synopsis is George's skills dazzle the new interns and Meredith half-heartedly helps Lexi with her first emergency patient. Mm. I don't fully agree with that. Yeah. But that's fine. I don't think it's half-heartedly. Like, I think she was fine. I think... It is what it is. Yeah. It was taken poorly because Lexi is the is way that she is. Going through some stuff. She's processing. Yeah. Some grief, some anger, some trauma, mm-hmm. some happiness, some flirtatious feelings from Alex. We're going to get into uh, it. Uh, excuse me. Podcast burp. Okay. Recap so, it up. So I want you to know that I didn't even make notes of the recap, except are oh. we getting really old guy? Which we did. <laughs> Got a whole fucking episode of Really Old Guy. Yeah, that's a good one. Remember when you asked me, you were like, hey, do we ever get to meet Really Old Guy? And I said, yes. Yes, we do. It was this episode. Uh, We meet and say farewell to Really Old Guy. Yes, so I read the blog, and they actually said they enjoyed having him on the show as an actor so much that they thought about keeping him and like keeping him as a character for a few more episodes, but they thought it was better storytelling to let him die because that was like the plot. Yeah, I get that. Also, I, I wrote my notes a little bit different today. So it's like it's by it's by character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while I was watching, it took a little bit of, of time to uh, when there was a quote that I wanted to say or like a scene that I wanted to talk about. I was like, oh, do I put this under George or to put it under Izzy or do I put it under <laughs> Callie or Bailey? So we'll, we'll, we'll do our best here. But I'm, I'm really having a good time. We've actually gotten a lot of really good feedback about this new uh episodic style so yes um, shout out alicia she said i liked this she said it reminded her of like the day after the new episode airs when you're talking about it like the next day with your friends which um i thought that's good i like that i think that's what i want it to sound like yeah and everything that i do is the day after the episode airs everything <laughs> everything Ever. i do in life, life. <laughs> Um, okay. Get this kitchen renovation day after it airs. <laughs> Actually, I I literally just watched this episode. Like, I just I just finished it. So it's I watched it fresh. yesterday and took notes, and then I was I had it on upstairs while I was folding laundry before we recorded, just to also be fresh. Love it. Uh, okay, so I will go over the recap then on behalf of the group. <laughs> um, okay, so George failed his exam. Really old guy is there. Um, Meredith and Derek are having breakup sex. Burke is gone. Lexi is there a being weird about Meredith. George wants to tell Callie and doesn't. Yeah. So let's get into it. Deal. Who do you want to start with? Do you have um, someone you want to start with? I want to start with this Derek Meredith thing. Okay. Um, because 
this 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 Derek and Meredith section is brought to you by our dear friend Cebu. Um, <laughs> shout out. Uh, so okay, here's here's my thing. Uh, the secrecy. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Like it it makes no sense. Who cares? She said like they're they're broken up. They're not broken mm-hmm. up. It's I think a little bit uh, arrogant to think that everyone else cares so much about the Derek Meredith thing at this point, like in their friend group, right? It's like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, will they won't they? Who cares? Like it's your fucking life. Go do whatever you want. Yeah. No one, no one cares if it's a secret or not. And they clearly are enjoying it because they're seeming, even though they're quote unquote broken up, that they seem actually in a good space. Yeah. Right. So I'm happy for that right now. I'm actually happy for them. Why because it's a secret. I don't really fully understand. So, that. Okay. To my understanding, the reading I'm getting is it's Meredith's keeping it a secret from Christina because she doesn't want like there to be a relationship conversation that puts Christina in an awkward place to talk about Burke because she feels like I don't know if she's like, oh, I'm rubbing her nose in it because I have sex and she has um, emotional damage. Or if it's more of like a I just don't want to have a conversation about her and Burke or me and Derek. Um, and then Derek, I think, is keeping it a secret from Mark because he doesn't want the conversation that happens where Mark is like, why are you doing that? Like, You think <laughs> that she's going to be fine and want a relationship right. and that's not going to happen. And we get did get a little bit it. of that later on in the episode. Yeah, which and that's what I'm saying. I think that's yeah. why he was keeping it serious because he didn't want that. And then he was like, well, I'm doing it. So, yeah, I um, speaking of Derek and Mark, I actually I I just can't help but root for their their friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, although it is a really, the, the dynamic between Derek, Mark and Weber in this episode yeah. is like hilarious. Yeah. The Mark um, and Weber stuff is really funny. And I like that we get that. And, um, it kind of comes out of left field, but I'm, I'm into it. They're oh, both yeah. basically bonding over the fact that they're quote unquote old, which I would not say either of them are old, but they're, I, the, I guess, existence of Norman, AKA Richard Gilmore, uh, showing up makes them feel like they need to prove that they aren't old yeah. um, and they bond over that. Also, I did not, I didn't recognize him until the second scene with him. I, I knew I knew him. I knew yeah. I knew him, but with the hair and the beard all together, I didn't recognize him right away. But what years did Gilmore girls run? 2000. It ended in 2008, I believe. Okay. So this would have been either right when Gilmore girl, well, are, we're in 2000. Eight seven. This is two thousand seven. Hold on, let me okay. verify. Maybe it ended before that. Um, really, it ended that Rory, early? Yeah, it started in two thousand. Dang, I thought that ran at least into two thousand eleven for some reason. No, it, yeah, the last episode was two thousand and nope, two thousand seven. Okay, so I was one year off. It ended May two thousand seven, and this aired October two thousand seven. Okay, so. He would that would have been done by the time he was filming this, probably. Uh, also, shout out what's what's his name in real life? Edward Sherman, and he has since unfortunately passed away. Right, I was um, gonna say shout out yeah. because he was not a part of the Gilmore Girls revival, which was superior to the original Gilmore Girls show. Uh, but False. I know that his presence was was not felt other than the picture, and I remember watching that and uh, really feeling that emotion. So, shout out, rest in peace. Uh, he really did a good job with this episode. I don't know if he's in more episodes or not, but um, he did good in this one. 
Hold on. Now I feel like that was wrong. Edward Herman. Okay. I'm so sorry. Cause I Googled Edward Sherman cause I wanted to see when he died and I was like, this is not the man. So it's Edward <laughs> Herman. So sorry. He passed away in 2014. Um, at the age of 71, I believe he had a form of cancer, but I mm. could be incorrect. Um, but is this the only episode we get of Norman or do we get more Norman? Spoiler alert. There is more Norman. Okay, good. So, well, yeah, th- th- that's not really a spoiler. A good it's really I, not. <laughs> I enjoy that. Um, yeah. So anyways, that Norman, Norman, I have, I have notes about him. Um, but, um, also on that note, did you ever see the original movie, Annie? From like the eighties. Uh, no. Oh, well he's plays FDR in the movie and oh. he sings cause he can sing. He's precious. I, love I was going to so guess much. he played Annie. So I'm glad that you had Close. that clarified. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's awesome. I could see him playing a young, well, FDR was young. Um, rest in peace. Nope. Yeah. Shut up, Carmen. FDR I was, thinking, is I was getting FDR, FDR and JFK mixed up for a they're, second. They're both dead, so JF- <laughs> you yes. can still say RIP. Oh, JFK! <laughs> uh, no, JFK was young. FDR died pretty old. Of polio. Yes. Secret polio. Secret polio. JFK um, okay. died of not polio. No. He did not die of polio. A polio-shaped bullet to the brain. Okay. Well, that was appropriate. <laughs> so we'll get back into this episode now. Are we still in mourning as a nation over that one? Well, it just doesn't. doesn't it was mean. covered in the. It was covered <laughs> in the Elvis movie. Nope, that was Bobby Kennedy getting You've shot. You've got to get it together. It's listen. I've Your only had one caffeine today. Oh <laughs> uh, gosh. Anyways, all right. What else do you want to talk about? What, what do you want? Where do you want to go next? Because I feel like I need to. I need to follow your lead, and I need to okay, tackle my notes. Okay, I would like to start with the Izzy and George bullshit. Because oh, I find it annoying. it's also kind of how the episode kicks off because Izzy's waiting by the elevator for George to come out and he comes out and she wants to, she's like, Oh my God, how was it? And then he's like shaking his head like, no, no, no. And Callie comes out right behind him. Obviously uh, he did not tell Callie, right? right? That was the whole thing is they, the plan was he's going to tell Callie and uh, he, that didn't happen clearly. And Which, so, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. What what I was going to say is uh, this whole plot point, what stands out to me most is when he is talking to Izzy, we're basically right first thing in the episode when she says, when they're in really old guy's room and he's like, oh, I was going to, but she wouldn't let me, which we saw at the end of last episode when she was like, please just not tonight, whatever. And so what really irks me is he was like, I was going to tell her, but then I wasn't. And I was really mad because I like, I was mad at her, but then I realized like, Oh, she helped me through all this stuff. And it was a lot of stuff that she helped me get through. But then I hated her because who marries someone that just buried their dad. And that pissed me off because oh yeah, that's putting blame on cat. Like she married me after my dad had died. How dare she like, what? Yeah. That makes no sense. Like take some ownership, have some accountability for your own actions and yeah. your inability to process grief. Uh, like and, and at all like we saw <laughs> th- like four episodes of George yeah. on his bullshit about not being able to process his grief. Um, yeah. So that really that was frustrating. Very awkward. But also it's it's funny because Callie as she comes off the elevator, her head's in the book. She completely ignores mm-hmm. Izzy. Does she even know that Izzy was there? Who knows? Um, you would think that she would have heard. Yeah. her asking George. She wasn't quiet she, about even it. Even if she did, she didn't want to. So. Right. You know. uh, do you. Do you think 
well, never mind. That was a stupid question because in the last episode, she's having that conversation with Mark about my marriage is over. Mm, but yeah. did am I forgetting her actually outright saying that maybe they cheated? Like she cheated? Yeah, like, she that, says that to happened, Mark, right? I think my husband is having an affair or is cheating on me. She says that in the last episode when she's looking for the um the missing kid. That's missing right. Patient. And that comes after... Izzy's like, you're doing a good job. Yeah. That was two episodes ago, right? No, that was last episode. That was last episode. Okay. Yeah. They're all blurring together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't like that George was trying to deflect and make Izzy out to be the villain in his story. Um, that was kind of bullshit. But I get I get where Izzy's coming from of like, you said you were going to do this. Like, do this. Yeah. Uh, I like that George eventually is like, this is not an us thing. Like you're yeah. not breaking up with with Callie. You're not ending a marriage. You're not ending your marriage. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. That's almost like a redemption for me from this very first scene when he's like blaming her to then at the end when he's like, "This is not. This is something I'm doing. I'm the one hurting her. I am the one like ending our marriage. I am the one that has to look her in the face and tell her that I did this horrible thing. So you're gonna have to back off and let me do it, which I think is fair. And she does need to back off in about a million ways. Yeah. It's, um, it's definitely a redemption. I, the biggest thing to me that I like that George calls out is like, uh, what does he say? He says, uh, that she, he calls her a wonderful person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, at least, at least George knows he's about to do something shitty to someone who is truly wonderful and who doesn't deserve it. Yeah. Doesn't deserve it. And if, if there is one thing that we're going to go ahead and blame Callie for, if the worst thing that we could say is that she accepted his proposal, fine. Okay. But that's not, she's not, yeah, she's if that's the, victim the worst thing she's done to you. Exactly. That's yeah. a pretty good list. Yeah. Uh, she's been very sweet. Uh, she's going through a lot of change. Izzy's the, the villain in all of this, uh, this particular storyline, obviously. Mm -hmm. but and also like, if you can say if anyone had any like bad feelings towards Callie, Ill, Ill will towards her for disliking the relationship between George and Izzy, clearly it was validated. Yeah. So you can't even be like, oh, you're being so jealous and irrational because it came to her biggest fear came to fruition. So like to me, she's just completely uh, so far away from being any in the wrong whatsoever. Yeah. Callie deserves, and if you if you are listening to this episode for the first time, and this is your introductory episode, listen to the last couple of episodes because we definitely talk about how much we really appreciate Callie as a person, as an as an actress, uh, or actor, uh, uh, them as an actor. Uh, it's really they've done a really incredible job at building this multi layer character, yeah. and Callie has incredible on stage. Mm -hmm. uh, chemistry Energy, chemistry with everyone yeah there's really not anyone that they ever are in a scene with that is not incredibly well done yeah um what about uh 
Alex has an interesting kind of up and down arc in this episode. Yeah. So um, I don't mind, honestly, the Alex and Norman stuff. And I'm glad you brought this up because I feel like this is something I don't know if you had a similar experience at Disney. But to me, this is really relatable because like you and I, when we were working at Disney, we're young, we're late mid to late twenties. And we had uh, supervisor like management positions. So we had authority over a lot of, uh, a lot of people who were significantly older than like more than twice our age. And sometimes when you first come into that position, like it can be awkward. Like I never questioned my abilities or like decision-making in any leadership roles, but I felt like that was the place where I got the most pushback and it's solely based on like, well, you're young and I'm old. So like, you can't tell me what to do. And I'm like, well, I, you have a job and I am in charge of that job. So, right. I, I don't, I, I do feel like I don't ever, I never had an issue like telling them what to do. I felt I had more of the issue of them like listening, but the whole concept of him kind of wrestling with like, because I feel like typically in that specific area, like the medical field, new people coming in are going to be younger. Uh, Obviously like when we were just in like uh, hospitality, that's a different situation, but so it's probably way more rare to have the situation that he has with Norman. You're just expecting someone who is younger than you fresh out of med school versus someone who is 30, 40 years, your senior fresh out of med school. Right. So I just found that like interesting and kind of relatable. And I don't know if you had any kind of similar experience where you ever had people like give you pushback. Cause they're like, well, I'm a million and you're two. Yeah. I, I, uh, I did have a little bit when I was at Disney. Uh, I was very fortunate that like my first management job I ever had, I was literally the day I graduated high school and, uh, I was 17 or whatever. And I always, I was always in charge of someone older than me to some capacity. Yeah. Uh, the thing that I hate, and this is, listen, if you're an older person listening to our show, this is not something that is directed towards you. It's the notion that age equates to wisdom. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's something that I've always wrestled with because I've seen, people our age or now younger that we're in our thirties uh, with more wisdom than us, mm-hmm. more empathy. And I've seen people twice our age who are dickheads. <laughs> no so, empathy. No Don't empathy. understand the definition of the yeah. word empathy. Uh, no empathy, no wisdom, no common sense. Um, that was a big thing that I saw a lot of Disney is older people with no common sense and younger or people, people with- who had been doing the job for like years and somehow still were just garbage at it. I'm like, how do you not know what you're doing? It's been, you've been doing it since, since this park opened. Yeah. And we just celebrated the 50th. So like, can we just put two and two together guys? Longer than our parents were married, uh, (laughs) even to get us to a conception here or, uh, yeah, being conceived. But that's the thing. And then Norm, uh, Norman, they later, he says that he was a pharmacist for 30 years. Yeah. Uh, so he has a medical background. I'm not saying he's devoid of experience. I'm not saying he's stupid. The main issue that we see that Norman has is that he just talks a lot. Like he doesn't under seem to understand the urgency in this job, which again speaks to his background in pharmacy. Cause like, if you're a pharmacist, how often do you have to do something in like within a 10 minute period or someone dies? Like probably pretty rarely or at, never. Yeah. So, uh, and then he, I, he's trying to play makes to his sense. strength. He's though. just like, and he, yeah, he's using it to connect, which I appreciate. And that can be a great, uh, skill for a doctor, especially if you're more in like a, 
like a one-on-one primary care doctor situation, not so much in like a surgery ER emergent situation. Right. So like, again, if his biggest flaw is that he's talking to, to people a lot, like, can that be a problem? Yes. Uh, but it's, again, it's not like he's just a moron. He just, like Alex says, doesn't know when to shut up. But he Alex also, hesitates to, like, confront him about it because he's older and he doesn't want to be mean to him. Yeah. It's like being mean to my grandma. Grandpa. Yeah. Uh, shut the fuck up, Alex. I'm mad at you again. <laughs> um, so the scene where we get that, uh, the kid and the mom, uh, mm-hmm. drug, drug, hunter. They, hunter, and mm-hmm. they think he's on drugs and the the mom communicates to yes. Norman yes. and he doesn't nip that in the bud. That to mm-hmm. me, I'm like, you got to fucking like you're an intern. Yeah. Alex, for all of his flaws, he's your resident. He's in charge of you. He's, he's responsible for this. Um, that would have been the moment that Norman could have said, hey, I'm taking the back seat here. Right. And he didn't. Uh, so from the rest of the episode. And also that was the scene where I recognized him. Uh <laughs> Also, to your point, though, I will say that's a good point. I didn't think of that at all, but I think it's because he plays it like he's not taking it. I don't think he recognizes that moment as an opportunity. I think he's truly just like this poor lady. She just wants someone to tell her what's going on. And and I can do that for her. Like, um, so I don't think it comes from a place where he's like, I can take over the surgical program. I think he's literally just, (laughs) again, kind of clueless about the the communication aspect with the patients of this part of the job. But uh, yeah, I definitely didn't think of that. So I'm glad you mentioned that because you're right. That would have been like a yo, yo, this is on him. He's the one in charge. I'm just taking the back seat. Yeah. When she was like, what? Well, what about you, Dr. Shale? Well, it's my first day here. Drug test, right? Right, Dr. Shales, I'm right to run a drug test. Well, let me tell you about my drug testing children because my wife is dead. And I was like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) You ever have those people, like, this is why I'm afraid to talk to strangers because sometimes they just unload, like, way too much personal information, right? If you're, like, the cashier at the Publix. And I'm like, how are you? And I'm like, I'm good. How are you? And they're like, well, everyone I know is dead. And I'm like, oh, well, here's money for my sandwich i guess yeah <laughs> bye also fun fact i'm wearing pub sub socks right now incredible yeah uh yeah so that was that was definitely something and then i also saw it later when he when he was introducing himself to Derek, and he's like oh i'm uh dr shale from ucla like yeah you should be saying i'm dr shale i'm a first day intern well i graduated just got from here. ucla yes uh, but um, I also actually <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up as well, because I like Derek in that scene. I think he, when he says, oh, welcome to the program, he's just like being really genuine. Like he doesn't like yeah. he's not like, oh, my God, oh, welcome to the pro. Like, it's just like, oh, well, hello. Welcome to the program. Like, so cool. Good to have you. Obviously, later on, like when Norman runs his mouth, and he's like, uh, OK, uh, that's different. But I, I just thought that was a nice moment where he was very genuine and being like, oh, cool. Like, welcome aboard. Glad to have you. It's it's funny because if anyone on the show I think is going to be able to look past someone's uh, inequities, it's going to be fucking Derek. Yeah. When he's he's a good doctor, he's not always a good human. He mm-hmm. doesn't make good decisions, but he I think is the most even keeled. He's not going to prejudge a book by its cover, uh, and I think that that's a really I think that was to your point a really good scene of how they wrote Derek in that moment. Yeah. To kind of bring to the top of mind, 
hey, everyone, I know that we don't love what's going on with him and Meredith. I know that we're we're planting the seed that he's going to fully break up with her maybe long term. But in this moment, just remember, Derek's a good doctor. Yeah. And I also I feel like the worst version of Derek is Derek in a relationship. Derek on his own mm-hmm. is like not mm-hmm. that bad. And even Derek as a friend, we've seen some really good moments. So definitely like relationship boyfriend Derek is the worst Derek in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Um, but yes, Dr. Derek, pretty great. Um, friendship Derek for the most part, pretty, pretty good. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's complex. It's like an onion. There are layers. Yeah. He's, he's the Shrek of this TV show. <laughs> he's uh, definitely, except he's not an ogre. I will say he's not ugly. No, no. He just he's... sucks. His personality is a little ugly sometimes. That's fair. But um, it's mainly because he needs therapy. We also, <laughs> as do most of these people. Uh, who's the next person or storyline that you want to talk about here? Let's talk about. Um, well, let's talk about Derek in regards to the Mark and Richard situation. So Mark and Richard are doing this new surgery that they like don't know anything about. Um, Making because, history. Yeah. So they're like, we're not old dogs. We can learn new tricks. The patient is Connie. And she had cancer removed from her tongue, but there's more of it. So they want to get the rest of it removed. And the traditional route of treatment is this um, flap repair where they take like a flap of skin from her leg and put it in the place of her tongue, but they don't connect the nerves. So then you just have like this chunk of skin in your mouth that you can't control, which like obviously makes sense as to why they're like, well, no, you could talk, but like no one's going to know what you're saying. But it will do its minimum function, which is to shovel food down your throat and not and let breathe. you die. Yeah. yeah. But my question on that is like, what do you do if you can't speak? Because you can still hear, right? You're not deaf. You can still hear people. So do you just write everything down, do you think? Or do you like learn sign language? But then I, sign language, unfortunately, is not very well known. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think... Right now, that becomes less of an issue in this day and age, at mm-hmm. least for first world America, because we just would text or we would type yeah. things and just share. You know, you bring an iPad. Have your with phone you. out, yeah. There was speaking of Dizzy. There was a there was a, a cast member that I'd work with who was who was deaf, um, and not everyone would be able to sign. So he he could hear. He had the implants. Mm-hmm. He could hear, but he would type back responses to people on his iPad. That's cool. Yeah, so I think that would is be a, a good situation. thing that technology can do for people for sure. Bridge yeah. that gap. Yeah. Um, the the sad part about this is, like, I was trying to envision a world of me not talking. <laughs> like, yeah, that you and sounds... I would definitely have a hard time with that. <laughs> like, that's terrible. And also, what what uh, what was she doing that the cancer had led up to that? Because she said sixty percent of the the tongue would need to be removed. That's insane. Yeah. And then you got to think. That obviously has a lot of ramifications elsewhere uh, with your throat, your jaw, quality of life in mm-hmm. general. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I would love to have gotten more backstory on Connie and Weber uh, because they were fun. And also Connie's friends were hilarious. I love them. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. Um, she really offhand mentions three years ago he took out her appendix. But it kind of right. seems like they really bonded. But that speaks to the level of people like that who really like to talk. Um, because they they're looking for that connection with like anyone in their life right Right. so 
when she was there, she clearly reached out and like asked like, oh, you're married. Tell me about your wife. Tell me. So she knows to ask and she knows Odell by name. She knows to ask about Adele. Um, so I think that speaks to that. And it just reminded me of when you say like you and I obviously would have struggles with that. When Michael had texted the the two of us and was like, how do people have podcasts? And we were like, we don't have an issue talking. Like, right. I don't, cause Michael is naturally more of an introvert. So the concept of him like getting on and talking about something for like an hour straight, like blows his mind. Um, but so, and we were like, well, we have a topic, but even if we didn't, we can just go on and on and yeah. on for endless amounts of time because it, we are the kind of people that we are. And the, the thing is it would, even this show is like, 32% inside jokes, uh, yeah. 20% just fucking making fun of each other. Uh, so anything can be filled with time. Everything yeah. is content. Uh, the also Connie, do you know where I recognize her from? Nowhere. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, I didn't know you watched that. I haven't, yeah. I really want to, obviously I love, um, Amy Sherman Palladino. That's who did Gilmore. Well, I was going to um, say this episode is clearly sponsored by the Gilmore <laughs> Girls Amy team. Yeah, because you've got Mr. Gilmore and then you've got the the mom uh, from I forget her name. I forget what the the husband's name in Mrs. Maisel. What's I haven't watched it. Oh, it's Maisel because she's that's her. That's her married <laughs> name. It's it's Grandma Maisel. That's the mom. Uh, and also the husband in that movie, uh, in that show, her Connie's husband in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel was uh, Boss Vic Koth from uh, That Thing You Do. He was like an MC live, and that's where the Wonders play one of their first shows before they get signed by Tom Hanks' character. Sorry, some, uh, I'm getting a scam likely. Oh, uh, yes. Let me talk to them real quick. Now, um, well, since you brought that up, we'll go ahead and take take a moment for everyone's favorite segment living in shondaland living in shondaland but first oh. a message from our sponsors bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. And we're back. Oh, thanks. Okay, so... Um, oh, that was we weird. Have... I said were were and we are back <laughs> okay so we have two shondaland ladies this episode all right Do i'm gonna guess connie guess? connie <laughs> yes <laughs> um and 
Hunter's mother. Yes. Ah, Good job. Fuck yeah. Like, yeah. There weren't really many other, like other than the two friends. There were. I was going to guess one options. of the friends, yeah. but I thought that's too easy. Yeah, that's I was too surprised. Easy. I really thought that uh, one of them would be, but no, it was. So Caroline Aaron is Connie Williams. So that would be the mom for Mrs. Maisel. She was in one episode of private practice and Eve Gordon played Mary Chapman, who's Hunter's mom. And she was in one episode of how to get away with murder and one episode of scandal. Okay. Uh, yeah. Also, for all of you listeners out there, Jessica and I have started Scandal. Uh, we have watched the first episode. A shout out to our dear friends, Ryan and Leah. Big fans, big friends of the podcast here. Uh, I got to watch the first f- episode full with them in in Pittsburgh this past weekend. Uh, I like it. Although I will tell you, they, they talk fast. And it's watching the subtitles with Jessica and watching them talk fast is like really a challenge because my adult ADHD is just going crazy. <laughs> um, but so far I really like the show. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed it so far. We're only yeah, like, and we'll uh, be popping up episode. some um, scandal content over on Patreon um, with some more how to get away with murder content as well. Uh, maybe some so private practice content. Um, so we'll keep you guys abreast of that situation, but breast. Yes. Okay. So, uh, yes. So the Weber and Sloan are going to do the surgery. Weber comes to Sloan and he's like, what if we do this, this surgery that's been done like 12 times in the world. Uh, and I don't know if to say dozen or half dozen, regardless for our medical procedure, it's a very, very small number. Um, and, George is like, why would you do that when you could just do the one you know how to do? And they're like, how dare you? <laughs> the the crowd does not young, match. Beautiful, <laughs> brilliant men. How dare you ask us a question as your teachers? I will. I'm livid. I will fire you. I will throw you down these stairs. We are doing this surgery, George. And they might like, as well have just okay. said, George, how's your second fucking intern year? You dumb <laughs> cock. Like <laughs> truly, it's like the escalation does not does make not sense. meet. Does not I mean, match. This is literally a student. And he's not saying, <laughs> why are you doing this, you old fuckers? He's literally saying, why would you do this surgery that's really new when you know this other one is really successful? And, and like, the, the response is just an explosion of personal repressed emotions. <laughs> like That's the best way to describe it. They're very much saying they're looking for a reason to feel old and to just, George, poor George, uh... Man, what is it? You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah, is that what you you're saying, saying George? We're old dogs who can't <laughs> learn new tricks? No, that's not. I'm just trying to learn about medicine. Oh, my is the gosh. interesting thing. That was so, so funny. That's my yeah. favorite part of this episode. That was it. Was really funny, uh, and that's where I think again we get the bond between uh, Mark and Richard, and I think that's really funny. Uh, so then later on, obviously they they go forward to do the surgery with Connie. Um, in the surgery, it's going really well. You know, everything's going great. And then they just get to a part and they're like, now what? It's not so, like they know what to do and they can't do it. They literally get there and they're like, what happens now? So <laughs> the thing that I didn't understand about that scene is the music was way too ominous. 
I thought there was going to be a bomb in her mouth or like this is, goes back to that one patient who the blood was toxic. I'm like, what oh, the yeah. fuck is going to ha- like, what's the twist? There's no twist. They just didn't know what the next step was. Yeah. Call Derek. The yelling at George was extra unnecessary because yeah. it literally proved what they were saying was right. Gosh. <laughs> That um, was that was kind of wild to me. But I thought, yeah. what if she died? What if they kill her? Yeah. That would that would be wild. Um, yeah, so then Derek comes in, uh, he saves the day. Which make I will say as a neurosurgeon, it makes sense that he would like have intimate knowledge of nerve the nervous system and how to yeah. reconnect nerves and stuff. So it makes sense that they're the that that's who they called. Um and then when they're when they're scrubbing out of the surgery, this is a scene that I really like, you know, they're like celebrating. They're like, go us. We fucking crushed it. We saved her. No cancer. She's going to talk again. It's so good. Like, we are going to be in the medical journals. Like, we're not old. We're young. We're hip. We're youths. And Derek's like, fuck you guys. You had no business doing this surgery. If I had not been here, you guys would have ruined that woman's life, potentially killed her. Like you had no business even attempting it. How dare you like get your shit together, look in the mirror, like accept who you are, puts them in their place. And then tells Richard, like, you need to tell Adele that you've been walking around this hospital like a fucking idiot missing her a hundred percent of the time since she left you, because that's the truth. And you need, that's the only thing that's going to work. Um, and then he says, also, I'm sorry. I called you an idiot. And then leaves. <laughs> yes, I did like that moment. <laughs> yeah. Calls them cowboys. just goes off on these mm-hmm. guys. Tells, lays down some good truth. Yeah. Good episode for Mark, uh, for Derek. Mm-hmm. Actually. I mean, pretty good episode for Mark. Good too. episode for the truth. <clears throat> for the truth. Right? The truth. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just le- just tears him a new one. And it says, also, by the way, sorry, sir. Yeah, also, sorry. Uh, um, which is totally, I think, also, you know, you get a good glimpse into Mark and Weber's relationship. Mm-hmm. And then you get a good relationship view into, like, the three of them together. And there's mm-hmm. a cool dynamic forming there. Which, kudos to the writers in, in the Shondaland War Room. Because with Burke gone, there's obviously a big hole in the writing, mm-hmm. in the story of how uh, bros relationships isn't the yeah, right like word. Yeah, like the male friendship con- yes. concept. Yeah. Yes. Uh, because you you did get some insight to what Weber meant to Preston Burke. Yeah. And you saw what Preston Burke meant to Derek. And I like that Mark is kind of filling in a little bit of this void. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious now what that's going to look like for filling in the Addison void, too. Uh, oh, yeah. Because you're losing two heavy hitters in this show yeah. in one foul swoop at the same time, which I have to remind myself every like couple of hours. They're not in the show anymore. Yeah. Um, I know we're, we're running a little bit low on time here, but I want to talk about um, a couple of things, specifically the... Meredith Christina storyline with Christina just fucking faking it. Uh, we could circle back on Bailey and Callie. I want to talk on, and then obviously Lexi and Meredith. But really old guy. We haven't talked about yes. really at all. Charlie fucking Yost. Charlie, Charlie, really old guy Yost. Classic. Um. So they're rounding 
He wakes up. It's incredible. They, I mean, right off the bat, that's basically how we kick off the episode. Um, and I love it. You know, he, again, they, they cast him basically as a body. I was reading in the, in the writer's blog. Um, so when they needed him to wake up, they were like, well, we know this guy's an actor, but like, we don't actually know how great he is. Cause we didn't audition him to like be a patient. We auditioned him to lay in this bed and occasionally grunt. Um, and so they were, they said they were like so happy with the way he played and like the back and forth he had with Izzy worked so well. That's why they thought, Ooh, maybe we should keep them around for a couple episodes, but they were like, no, it's, it's a better story if he dies in this episode. But I think that's so funny. He did such a great job and I, he technically is in Shondaland, but I mentioned it the first episode we met him. I believe he was in an episode of private practice. I cannot remember for sure, but he, he is there. I just didn't want to repeat him because we had been done him before. Um, so yeah, Charlie's great. Uh, really wants to die. Love the back and forth with Izzy. Don't love calling her Blondie, but other than that, like, I don't know. So I found it pretty, pretty valid. Yeah. For an 82 year old man. Yeah. Charlie's only beef that I had was, was the calling her blondie all the time. Uh, the thing that really, I was very confused at is DNRs are a thing. Yes. I had the same thought, but so they said he had been there for a year. He had come in from falling. So maybe he hadn't filled out any of that, like paperwork previously that kind of stated end of life care. So but he had fallen and now. hadn't woken up. Yes. But maybe it wasn't the option was not presented yet. I don't know. Well, if you're a medical professional, this is the perfect time to email at graysacademypod at gmail.com. Because how long after someone wakes up from a coma would you prevent would you present these kind of information, uh, these pieces to the patient? Because that's what I want to know. I feel like the second he woke up and he was conscious, they should have said, you need to update some information, sir. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about this, because when he dies, when Izzy was kind of being a dick, uh, like, and then Christina gets the ultimate singer of what? You didn't cut his Elvad wire. (laughs) So good. Uh, You couldn't find his Elvad wire. Oh my God. I was like, that is savage. So fucking savage. Clearly she has a history uh, of trying to kill people here. Um, but let's she, remember that has not even been a year since that happened. Oh my gosh. I, <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's thank you for bringing that into our scope here. Uh, cause I, I time, I don't understand. Time yeah. I don't show. know. Dude. But <laughs> she's like being a dick. She's unplugging all his shit and she's like mocking him. And he's like, ah, yeah, look, you're still alive. And then all of a sudden he's dead. Uh, <laughs> so but, and then she's like, Oh, I didn't do anything. It wasn't me. It was this guy. Like you were literally doing stuff. So. Yeah. Um, so I feel like when he was awake or after that time, after he actually did die and they did resuscitate and he's like, let me fucking die. Yeah. You should have presented like, him the DNR at that point. <laughs> yeah. That seemed like, and then she's like just mocking him. She's just sitting there like, I'm not gonna let you die. You dumb bitch. Uh, yeah. you don't get any fucking lobster either. Uh, you're but thinking she of does prison. Get the lobster. Uh, <laughs> wait, what's that? She does get him the lobster. Did I miss that? Yeah. Does he Did eat you it? really miss it? Yeah. No, because when she she takes it in his room and that's when he's dead. Oh. Tyler says he signed out against AMA and she's like, he can't check out. He can't walk. And I brought him lobster. And then she goes into the room and she's like, I brought your lobster. I missed and that. And also help me. George won't leave Callie. 
I missed that. So good call out. See, this is this is one of those details that I miss when I'm watching this episode one time, mm-hmm. basically. Um, so yeah, I liked him a lot. The fact that he was like, "Hey guys, I was semi comatose. I heard all your dumb yeah. bullshit." Yeah. Hilarious. Truly, truly, so good. Um. Yeah. So I I feel like what he brings to the surface for Izzy is um just a different perspective because obviously I feel like if you're in that scenario where you've slept with a married person and then you they're telling you like oh I'm gonna leave my spouse um I guess you don't really have a reason not to believe them other than the fact that they're already lying to their spouse so what makes you think they're not also lying to you but also again, what it's kind of relationship those... is going to succeed when it was built on adultery? Yeah. It's just one of those things where like, I don't know. It, things happen. People make mistakes. People, people obviously, you know, I, I do think that George and Callie shouldn't be married. I don't think they belong together. And I don't think that just because you're in a marriage, you're obligated to stay in it. Um, if it is not making anybody happy, uh, but that does not validate like cheating or hurting the other person. Exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's just kind of one of those things where I'm like, I mean, obviously adultery is wrong, um, but I'm not going to like blanket out. Right. And say like everyone who's ever committed adultery is a garbage person because like, again, people make mistakes, whatever, as long as I feel like everything's a learning opportunity. Um, does it feel at this point that George or Izzy has learned anything? No. Correct. <laughs> Will they? We'll see. Um, you want to know what, what he said there that actually cemented it for me as like a whoa moment was what? when he was like, do any of your fucking friends know about this shit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, damn, she ha- like literally no one knows. Yeah. She's keeping it a secret. Uh, this yeah. episode is very like truth heavy, but also very tr- secret heavy. Yes. Um, and this is the well, I guess at the end, this one comes to light, but this is like the main one that doesn't get told to anyone because like people find out about Meredith and Derek. People find out about Christina lying. Um, Alex announces the George thing, which we need to talk about that. Um, but like, this is obvious other than the very last moment, this, this secret quote unquote, doesn't really come out in this episode. So, um, I think that is a good point bomb to all of her friends. (laughs) Yeah. They give it right back. Yeah. (laughs) Your breath is bad. Oh, okay. Also, let me respond. That's one of my biggest fears though. Oh yeah. Like I would want someone to tell me if my breath was bad. That's I am like so afraid that my breath is bad and no one's telling me, even though I brush my teeth. (laughs) Like that Ted Lasso episode with the little girl. Yes. Oh, it's terrible. So funny. Uh, I think you might be dying. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait for season three of that. Uh, Yeah. Also back to the Connie thing. She's like, Hey, you should get a new hairdo and you should buy new pants. And they come back and they're like, we hated every single one of your husbands. Yeah. Like, Oh (laughs) guys, this is not, these do not line up. They don't. Well, I feel like what pissed me off the most is when she's like, your first husband grabbed my ass every chance he got. Tell me, tell me when I'm married. That's that's grounds for a conversation at minimum. If someone, if I am bringing someone into your life who is sexually assaulting you on a regular basis, you need to make me aware so that I can address that because that is unacceptable behavior. That's what pissed me off. I'm like, how how long how long was that going on? Long time. And not They've that known it's each that other since the eighties. That like he was doing that. I'm just like, yeah. what the fuck? Like as a friend, I would be like, also if someone's significant other was hitting on me, I would be like, hey, your significant other 
fucking sucks. <laughs> um, heads we need up. to talk about this. <laughs> heads up, this guy is fucking other people. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It was wild. Anyway, so, yeah, with George and Izzy, adultery is bad. But I do think he, Charlie basically being the only person outside of the two of them that know this happened offers Izzy new insight because obviously when you're in it with only that other person, you don't have any other outside advice or anything. So he's like, what I don't love is when he kind of gives in and he's like, I don't know, maybe he's your soulmate and you'll end up happily ever after. I'm like, but don't, you're don't giving your false seed. hope. Don't, don't plant that seed. You don't know. Just yeah. like, and you don't have to say like, Oh, you're both garbage people, but you can kind of just ask questions. Be like, here are some things you can think about. Has he told his wife? Have you told any of your friends? Like, what's what's your long term? You guys all fucking work together. Like, what's the long term plan with that? Like, this isn't a clean break, you know? Yeah, not even a little bit. The so, the yeah. last thing I'll say about Izzy for this episode in particular is they. I think they did a good job being true to her character at the end of this episode with uh, Izzy. You've known this person for one day. Uh, so <laughs> the right thing to do is give him a memorial and force everyone to talk and say nice things about him. Obviously. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, she uses her true to Izzy form. Uh, she says all of the things at his memorial, but they're aimed at her and George. So, yeah. Oh, um, it gives me hope. Yeah. She takes you the died. Time. <laughs> you got what you wanted. And so now I feel hope in my heart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, gosh. Also, I'm full off that lobster that I brought for you because I wasn't going to let it go to waste. Damn, that made me want a lobster roll so bad. Mm, just a whole fucking lobster right now. Uh, let's see. Oh, I do want to say I like the Charlie quote. If a person wants to do something like die, then they do it. Um, <laughs> there is a like viral TikTok sound that goes that's going around. Uh, that's just like it says just a reminder. If he wanted to, he would. And if he wants to, he will. Uh, and I I know it's like that is geared at a like male person, but I think that goes out of, uh, that goes to speak for anybody. Like if someone wants to do something, they will do it. And, uh, in that specific sound clip, it's talking about like relationships. Like if a guy wants to text you, he will, if someone wants to reach out to you, they will, uh, obviously again, not black and white, but it, it goes, uh, what he's saying holds true. Like, well, if he wanted to tell his wife, he would have told her already. If you talked about it and you know, and, and we see both sides. So we see Callie's side and we, we have the, the insight of why she didn't want to be told that last episode. Cause she was having a hard time, but, uh, you know, it is, it's fine. I, I like that Charlie offers an outside perspective on this. Also, I'm sorry, as someone who's 82, I'm not saying he's committed adultery, but in 82 years, he's probably had some kind of relationship ups and downs that he can speak to. Yeah. Something. He's been on a roller coaster called a life. Yeah. And uh, okay, so let's talk Callie then while we're here. We could we could also talk about Callie and Bailey together and their their dialogue yes. too. So Callie is having a hard time. Yeah. She is hiding out basically in the residence lounge or office, whatever this is. She's doing paperwork. Um, Bailey keeps going in and kind of like updating her and pushing her to do something about it first it's alex trying to dump norman in the clinic then it's the meredith lexi shenanigans then it's like oh, are you gonna do my are you gonna do your job and she says well why would i come out and do it when you do such a better soon you're so much better at it 
Um, which she says that and she kind of immediately pulls back and she's like, I don't have any more fight in me. Like I'm, I have to just do, this is what I can do. I can do paperwork because I can't come out there and fight with anybody else anymore. Like it's too much. And I really feel for Callie. Like obviously she knows that this other shoe is about to drop. Um, she knows that she's not doing a great job being chief resident. So it's just, she's having a bummer of a time. The thing, the thing that I will say to, to bring a little bit of my perspective into that is I don't think that Callie was doing a great job as chief resident from the beginning, regardless of yeah. before, before she knew about this whole other shoe dropping with George mm-hmm. and Izzy. Um, you know, we think back a couple episodes, she didn't command the respect of the interns right. or these new residents, which maybe is not as much on her as it is on um, Bailey didn't pave the way, which I think she apologizes for. She doesn't really apologize, does she? She just kind of talks through it and says, there's a pecking order. I need to follow yeah. the pecking order. Um, so we we get not true to character, Miranda apologizing without the words, I apologize. Yeah. Uh, but Weber also has not been doing her a, a she he's been doing a disservice to her too. He yeah, gave her this say, out of nowhere with no I training, no I don't feel leadership. that she was set up for success, which Correct. we touched on a little bit in the yes. last episode. Um, because we've said that, that Richard Weber has been a very excellent leader uh, a lot of times in this, in this hospital. And um, he's this just failing one at that for Callie. Yeah. yeah. So it, she is in a tough spot because she has not been given guidance on like what this role even means. And um, Bailey has a presence that kind of precedes her and that's hard to follow. And, um, and on top of that, she has her personal life that is in shambles. So yes, not in the good place. And those two do, Personal life and professional life, unfortunately, do have a correlation, regardless of mm-hmm. the old school saying of leave your shit at the door. Or uh, Which is hard when your personal life works with you. So Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, well, on that, we'll talk on the last scene where George tells her. Let's do that. Yeah. Which this was your prediction. I feel like this matched your prediction for the season three finale. This is yeah. I feel like this is what you thought we we would get like he says it and it cuts to black. This is the exact in my head. And mm-hmm. I, I like this. This was great. This was if they would have had a scene after this, I would have thrown the fucking remote. This was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she's laying on the bed. She's all packed up. She's got her purse. She's like got her stuff. And she's like, just say it. Yeah. Let's do this. And this I I was three episodes off. I thought this was going to be how the season three finale went. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't. I I did expect her to come to the conclusion beforehand, but I thought that it would have been almost very clear. I thought that it would have been like she knew exactly what, what was happening yeah. instead of the feeling. She has the feeling. She has the thought. She's kind of like perceiving some things, yeah. putting the pieces together. But I thought she would have had someone would have slipped up and known. But mm-hmm. I guess you couldn't get that when still none of the friends know. None of the other yeah. people know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm glad I liked how they played it as well. She's like, just fucking say like she again, it goes after this episode where she's like, I'm just so tired. Like, I can't fight it anymore. And I think that speaks to this. She's not fighting, finding out about this anymore. She's like, I'm just I'm I know it's coming. Just say it. I'm sick of waiting. And he just says, I slept with Izzy. And then it's that's it. That's the end, Um, which is a bummer. Very sad. 
very sad for Callie. Um, so, uh, yeah. And, uh, let's talk, let's talk Lexi. Unless, is there anything else you wanted to say on the Callie and George and Bailey and Izzy shenanigans? Um, I'm going to give a prediction here. Uh, I predict that it's not actually going to be easy for them to get a divorce. They're going to get divorced, but I think that we're going to see a version of George where once he says it out loud and he sees how she reacts, which is not going to be good. She's not going to be like, oh, thank God. Uh, (laughs) You know, uh, thank God that my husband cheated on me. Uh, I think that George is going to go through like a, he's going to want to apologize. He's going to want to say, I'm sorry. And I think he's going to have a moment where he's like, no, like, let's try to make this work. And so I don't kind think of like Derek and Addison where he was like, I'm going to leave her. And then he was like, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I think that's going to happen. Um, but ultimately I don't think that Callie's going to want to stick around for that, which the thing is, is they have not been married long at all. So like this early in a marriage, it's not like you've got your entire life. You've got kids all intertwined into things and it mm-hmm. makes it complicated. It's like, you're still young call it quits. I'm, I think he ended up signing the prenup or the dad was giving the prenup. So just their lives aren't intertwined that much. Clean break, move on. Yeah, they own nothing. They, live they in a own hotel. nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, I think that they'll eventually do that. I think, uh, we'll get Mr. Genovia back in for an episode to be like, George, what the fuck did you do to my daughter? Mm-hmm. Um, that's my prediction for that. So I'm ready to move on now. Okay. Um, so Lexi, it's not like a great, I, I, this episode isn't great for her, but it's also not in my opinion, as bad as the lot as the first couple episodes, last two episodes. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. what I definitely don't remember, and I don't know if I just didn't register it the first couple times I watched this, or if I've just like brushed it off as, and, and like, not just not really hung on to it as a plot point is multiple times. She's basically implying that Meredith killed her mom on purpose. I, she that says seems the like a, words, a new thing to me. That's, yeah, that's new. She says she clearly hated my mother. Yeah. Bold assertion. Like, Oh my God. Like that is aggressive. Yeah. Um, it's one thing to, when she kind of gets to Meredith and she's like, what kind of doctor are you? And that's coming, I think, probably from a place of frustration and, you know, whatever. But when she straight up says she clearly hated my mother, I'm like, oh, OK, so now the implication is she killed Susan on purpose, which is wild. Yeah. What's the end game in your head that you think Mer- like Meredith was so infatuated with getting her her father back well i guess that's fair like just really getting know. revenge i yeah. don't know or some yeah it's weird uh i i didn't get that until now this was the first time in these mm-hmm. this season that i think lexi's bitter towards meredith specifically about susan dying yeah uh, yeah, because when she said before, like, oh, I have questions, I thought it was just like, oh, like, ha- who are you as a person? Like, let me get to know you. Exactly. So um, it makes more sense that she would have questions about what happened with Susan, especially. OK, um, <clears throat> if you have like the medical background and medical knowledge and you get this call, like your mom had hiccups and now she's dead and you're trying to ask your dad who is like a bumbling moron, even on his best day. And now uh, an alcoholic. Happened. Yeah. Like you're going to have no closure, no information on anything that happened. So 
I actually really, really like this scene at the end where Meredith takes the file and is like, I will go over this with you and answer any questions you have. Um, I think that's like a great scene, especially for someone who has this medical knowledge, because it's going to give her so much more of an understanding that everything was done as it should have been done for Susan. And, and I love also that Meredith opens up and is vulnerable. And it's like, I was really like, I liked your mom. Yeah. You know, I hate our dad, but like your mom is, was amazing. And I, I like that Meredith is vocalizing that because that's not something she normally does. And she, we saw her relationship with Susan blossoming, but she didn't really ever voice that, um, bond then either. So it was, it was nice to hear that from her, but it also made it that much sadder. Um, and Lexi Shyler Lee played that scene so wonderfully. Like, it's just such like, she's, she's really quite silent and you can like see the pain and like the sadness, like building. And she's like about to start crying, but it's just like, it's a very, very, very good scene between the two of them. And it doesn't say like, Oh, now they're going to be best friends. It just says like, we're going to get past this obstacle so that we can at least work together. Yeah. And I like, I like the fact that uh, Bailey was kind of the one who is acknowledging your job is to teach. And at this mm-hmm. exact moment, teaching is synonymous with giving this person closure and being a good sister and yeah. all of these interpersonal things. Um, but I think also too, to your point, we see the relationship with Meredith and Susan we see how Meredith starts to feel, but this I think is very cathartic for Meredith because this is the first time she's out loud said, Susan, I was fond of her. Yeah. And saying I'm fond of her is the Meredith equivalent of saying like, I could really have seen myself starting to see her as a mother figure mm-hmm. in my life. Exactly. Right? Uh, and I think that's, the, that's the emotion we're supposed to be getting in the scene. And the fact that, uh, when, She's saying, hey, this was what she was admitted with. We did this procedure. And she's like, well, why would you do that? And Meredith was like, we, we wanted to avoid major surgery. Like, yeah, this was an out. This was outpatient. Mm-hmm. Everything that happened to Susan was 1% after 1% after 1%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Meredith didn't get defensive. She's like, mm-hmm. this was it. These are the facts. Yeah. Uh, and I think that was really good for both of them. Uh, I... This is a scene, and it doesn't happen often because I don't find Meredith Grey compelling. This is a scene where Ellen Pompeo, as an actress, really soared. Um, yeah. I just really liked... This was actually... She didn't do a lot in this episode, but she... I don't know. Something seemed different about the way she acted in this episode, and I really appreciated her mm-hmm. overall. Um yeah, this storyline to me is it far more compelling really, than anything with Derek. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. I'm actually really – like, I'm invested in them as friends family. And, mm-hmm. and family. So kudos to the, the Shondaland writers. Um, the thing that I am hoping happens is that Alex and Lexi do not sleep together. I don't want to see that. Okay. I'm predicting that they don't. Do you want Lexi to sleep with anybody? 
I don't care about that. I just really don't want that. To, just not. <laughs> wow, Alex. that's like the first time you haven't ever had concerns about who someone was going to sleep with. It's just I don't know because Alex. Before I go on, is there anything else you want to talk about with Lexi and Meredith? Uh, I just want to mention I like um. So when the dead guy comes in from the car crash and she tries to get her to intubate and then later she like freaks out about it. But when Meredith is talking about it with Bailey, I like that she says like you had us do this same thing. So that's kind of just like slipping in. Like this is common practice. Like it's not, I wasn't actually being a shit doctor or a bad teacher. Like this is something you used to do with us. It's hard on any intern, but when you layer on top of that, the family issue, that's where she's getting upset. So I just wanted to throw that out. I thought that was important to note. Um, But go ahead with your Alex and Lexi prediction or bullshit. (laughs) Um, To that point. Not that you're bullshit. They're bullshit. Right, right. But I also my bullshit. Um, Constantly. To their to their point, to that point with them, uh, with Meredith and the teaching thing, she was I think this was the the first real time that we see Meredith truly trying to actually embrace the teaching and not shy away from it. Uh, And I I really appreciate that about her in this scene. Um, in, in that scene specifically, um, when it comes to, uh, the Alex and Lexi thing, I just don't want Alex to have sex with her. And it's specifically because him being a dick to George in that final scene. Yes. Like Alex, how, like, just because you had this breakthrough and you need to treat Norman as a, a, a real intern. Intern doesn't mean you need to shit on someone who you call your friend. Yeah, this the scene at the end where he outed George made no sense to me. Like to me there's it's not a bad episode for Alex. Like I mean, he has a learning moment, but it's not he wasn't an asshole in the episode. So it's really confusing to me. Like there's just no motivation. Um if something had happened, like say he had overheard like is he talking to Charlie about sleeping with George? Right. Like that to me would make sense as motivation for him to then like do something hurtful to George. To me, it is the most unmotivated action he could possibly have. And I read, um, I read the blog that the writer wrote and he doesn't touch on it all. He's like, Oh, Alex is just telling the truth. Cause that's like what he does. And I'm like, but it's normally motivated. Like there's normally a reason for it. And it doesn't really make sense that he just does this thing. Yeah. Also, can you hear my dog barking in the background? Just only for one second. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's being a dick upstairs right now. Um, yeah, it, it to me, it didn't feel motivated. And also, just because it's the truth doesn't... There's Always a difference between the truth be uh, bringing, bringing life and there's mm-hmm. the difference between the truth destroying life. And that was like yeah. a totally tearing down truth moment. Um, so fine, Alex, if that's what you really needed to get your, get your jollies off by bringing down your friend, fine. But that I think set Alex back a couple of, uh, pieces in my mind. Yeah. It really made no sense to me, um, character wise for him, because again, we have seen moments where he has been this, like, I need to say this truth to a patient or to Izzy or whoever it might be. And it's throwing Addison under the bus. But like, yeah, but it just didn't make sense here to me. Right. Um, yeah. There's no establishment leading up to it. 
Like if he had been mad after Bailey yelled at him or told him to yell at Norman or whatever, but they didn't play that scene like he was upset either. So it just like really came out of nowhere to me. And that's why I was confused and made me, I mean, I wasn't, there's really not a scenario where I like him doing that. Doesn't matter if he's motivated or not, but like it made me like it even less that there was no motivation. Yeah. Even even him displacing anger would have made mm-hmm. sense because I think we've seen him do that before where yes, he's just a for dick sure. because he's mad because someone else told him the truth. Yeah. So now he's going to be a dick to someone else. Yeah. Um, yeah. It made no sense. I didn't like it. And in that exact moment. And it's like George was like, yeah, don't take after me. Don't learn from my example, which is like very multi-layered. Right. Yeah. Obviously, with the personal stuff going on. Yeah. But uh, it just makes no sense, because even if George is redoing his second year, the stuff that he's doing is still impressive. He's still doing yeah. a good job at being an intern. So Alex is just doing his thing, uh, being a dick. But it's it's a bummer because he kind of has this incredible redemption uh uh, where he saves this kid. He saves Hunter. He learns yeah. from Derek. He does this this thing. To me, I saw that as the heart in the elevator redemption story. Mm-hmm. He had a chance to do something, save someone's life, not crack under pressure, be on his own, and he did it. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah. that's a lot that I just threw at you. So what you know, you throw back at me. Yeah, I was going to say something about George. Oh, what, what I think is also important to note that basically other than Alex, George still has respect the respect of all of his superiors. Like they yes. are, the, they call to him, Hey, come over. Hey, you do this because they know that he can, they can trust him to do a good job. Be it, you know, with delivering that baby, be it with uh, running the code and saving someone. There's already a rapport that's built there. And just because he's repeating, I like that it's established that they are all continuing their relationship. They still want him to succeed. Yeah. Like Bailey obviously was upset in the, in the season three finale when she's like, did I fail you? You know, she's upset. She puts a blame on herself, but they all still want him to learn and grow and get out of this situation that he's in with the intern and still be a successful doctor. So yeah, he's repeating cause he failed his intern exam, but at no point, do any of the other doctors, residents or attendings lead anyone to believe that he was a failure as an intern? Yeah. And that's a really good point to call back, especially the respect piece, because mm-hmm. at the end of this program, he's going to still be there. And I think that George is setting himself up a little bit to be seen even in a higher level because he uh, succeeded this adversity mm-hmm. and Alex just low roads, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's just a really shitty moment for Alex and it sucks. Um, and then, uh, Christina, we've not touched on Christina, not a lot in this episode, mostly just comedic. Basically. She's like, yeah. I'm going to pretend to be sad to get things from Meredith and it works. There's not like a lot else going on in it. Um, last episode was a big one for her. So it's not, not super surprising that it wouldn't that she wouldn't be like loaded on in this episode. I mean, and yeah. she kind of at the end they address it. She's like, I'm I'm trying to process it the way that I process it. And, you know, I'm I'm not want to talk about it, but I you know, it is what it is. And then Meredith's like, fine, you owe me a surgery. And she goes, Well, you owe me sex details. So, you know, they're okay. Um, but I like when she's 
like tells Alex, sad is mine, get your own pretend emotion. Yeah. She gets the ultimate Elvad wire zinger, which we love. Oh, yeah, that was gold. Um, but I, I didn't love the her milking the sadness thing. Uh, but I do love I that Meredith turned. I mean, <laughs> listen, I didn't love it because it's not something that I would do watching it on TV. I loved it because it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but it is funny that Meredith was like, let's just go home and we'll put our PJs on and talk and we'll cry talk and cry. And then Christina's like, you know, she's like, obviously I fucking know. <laughs> yeah. I also, um, wanted to talk in the beginning when Meredith is telling Derek that she's keeping it a secret and Derek says, so by being with me, you're cheating on Christina, which I think is so funny. That is um, funny. And kind of true to their relationship in a way, like Derek knows that the Meredith and Christina of it, like trumps everything else basically. And like, that's again, that's her person. That's there's really no other way to say that in this show. I feel like the relationship is built on. That's my person. You're my person. I'm your person, whatever. And I, I, I love how much they really um, harp on that relationship and how they really stay true to it at all times. Um, so yeah, not a lot there other than kind of just like swooping in and being silly and funny. Um, but I love it. And uh, I think that's all the major things other than, I mean, we didn't really talk about Hunter and the gigantic needle in the eyeball moment that I hated. There's not a lot in this show where I have to turn away from the television. Anything with an eyeball, not doing it. I will absolutely not watch anything go into someone's eyeball. There was a scene in house where a guy's eye started to swell up and I thought it was going to actually pop. And I, if that eyeball would have popped, I'd have been traumatized for the rest of my life. Anytime they do a surgery on the eye and they bring that needle in there. Mm -hmm. No done. Fucking kill me. Uh, no, thank you. But yeah, I'm glad that Hunter, I think is fine. Yeah. Uh, when Alex was like, Norman, get her out of here, dude. Shut yeah. up. Uh, that was a good scene for Alex, actually. Um, i trying to think. I'm going through the rest of my notes. Uh, oh, I did make a note uh, in the reback. In the re- the reback. The recap when they're like, we don't have the same dad. Uh, I made yeah. a point of saying, yeah, because your dad is chief of staff for the president, Lexi. <laughs> um, so I wanted to call that back. Now you know. Now I know. Um Let's see. Any of the notes that I want to point out? Uh, you know, Weber missed his date, so that's not a yeah, good sign for say, him and Adele. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You said last episode that was Adele was going to show up in this episode, and she didn't. But there was a lot of Adele talk, and we kind of get that, like, oh, they're going to. She's agreed to start rekindling the relationship. Point for Carmen. Well, that's a stretch. You can have a quarter of a point. I'll take a whole point. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Izzy, stupid fucking Izzy. Um, George, I don't know. I do. I, I'm starting to feel bad for George with the position that he's in, but I don't feel bad because he put him in himself yeah. in that position. Uh, but also at the end of the day, like George, if you end up with Izzy, like she's hot and she's your best friend. <laughs> so like, I don't feel terrible yeah. if you two do end up together, but they don't. Um, That's all. Oh, there was a scene with Derek where Mark goes, oh, we're old. And he goes, I'm not young. I'm a fetus. And then uh, he said something else. And then Mark said something else. I'm a genius and a scholar. Yes. Uh, Good scene. I wanted to I want to call that out before we wrap up here. Those those Derek quotes need to be need to be in there. 
But that's all I got. I, I just did a quick scan through my notes and I feel good. I feel good with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's mainly we got all of it as well. I feel like there was one other thing I wanted to mention. Uh, maybe it'll come to me. Um, okay, let me ask predictions. So you think that George and Callie are going to not get divorced right away, but they will get divorced eventually. Yeah, I think we're going to get one or two episodes of turmoil. And it's obviously going to be, I think the next two episodes are going to be very George, Izzy, Callie love triangle based. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's going to end up with them getting divorced, but George and Izzy don't end up together. Uh, Maybe they date for a little bit for the next period of the show, but I I don't see them ending up together. Okay. um, So what do you think? Do you have like a direct, like immediately, like what the next episode is going to look like for George and Callie? Like, do you think they're immediately, you you don't think they're immediately going to get divorced? You think they're going to be like, oh, uh, uh. I think it, the episode's going to start with them picking up that conversation. It's going to start right with them in the hotel, same clothes. It's going to start with him saying, I slept with Izzy. And then it's going to be the conversation of what's going on. Callie talks about her worst fears coming true, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then they'll eventually be like, okay, well, where does it, where do we go from here? So I think the next episode is going to be very emotion heavy. Uh, I think there's going to be a big confrontation between Callie and Izzy. I don't know what it's going to look like. Uh, hopefully it's at the hospital and everyone sees, uh, because that'll be fun and dramatic. Um, <laughs> but that's all, that's all I got for them. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but that's, it's going to be very emotion driven the next couple episodes. Okay. Um, what about, Meredith and Derek. That I have genuinely no idea right now because I am more invested in the Meredith and Lexi storyline. So what, okay. whatever is going on with Meredith and Derek, I don't care. But they're not really broken up as far as I'm concerned. They're still together. So nothing. Okay. Status quo. Um, What about Meredith and Lexi then? They're going to have a... Uh, once the George and... Callie and Izzy love triangle is is solved and res, is totally resolved. Uh, I think they're actually going to have a good moment, and I think this is going to be the start of turning things around. I'm not saying that they're going to have lunch together and they're going to be best friends, but Bailey was establishing that there's no more trading interns, uh, so you're not going to see a ton of Meredith and Lexi being forced into situations they don't want. Any future situations, they're going to be choosing to be together, which I think is going to be good for their relationship. Um, yeah, uh, so let's see, you said you don't want Lexi to sleep with Alex, but you don't have any predictions of people you think she will sleep with. Um, mom, 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 Chris, anything to say on Christina? Obviously Burke is gone, but anything to add? Um, I... I don't know. You don't have to make a prediction. No, yeah, I have no prediction right yeah, now. So I'm like, really, I'm like really trying to think. Specific thing to ask. No, I, I don't really know because I, you, we're gonna, we're gonna eventually. It's gonna come to. I think she's just riding adrenaline right now, and I think yeah. the Mama Burke episode really did help get some closure. But I think she's still in this adrenaline phase, and I, and you clearly they were making it a point that she hasn't really dealt with it with Meredith. So mm-hmm. that's going to happen soon. I just don't know what that's going to look like. And outside of that, I don't really know what Christina's next move is. 
Okay. And then what I wanted to mention before, this is not a question. Um, well, it kind of is. Uh, they, they slip it in. It's like such a passing moment. When Richard comes over to introduce Norman to Alex, he's like, oh, I want you to work with him. He says, are you the new OB guy? Which speaks to Alex liking OB and wanting to be back in on that. Um, because that's his oh. first assumption. Um, so they're kind of laying that groundwork. Like, yes, he misses Addison cause Addison was great, but he also enjoyed the work he was doing with Addison. So, you know, it's like a, you know, just a second, but they are laying that groundwork. And I think that's important to note that Alex is, that's where his head is at. Very um, interesting. Good catch. I did not think about that. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, you know, Alex, you know, you missed the work, you know, you're all plastics, 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 but here we are. You're looking, you're looking to deliver those babies again. So, um, I mean, do you have any prediction on people replacing Burke or replacing Addison? Like doctor wise or when we will get it. Yeah. Uh, I think that we'll, we'll have a replacement for both before the end of season four, but maybe I don't think we're going to get no, no return of Colin Marlowe. Um, (laughs) we're not going to get that. Uh, and then I think, yeah, because this is this is the writer's strike short season, correct? This is the nine mm-hmm, episodes. Yeah, this is 17 episodes. 17. So yeah. we're on, this was the third. So we've got 14 to go. Before the end of season four, we will have both of their replacements. But uh, okay. I have no idea what that's going to look like. But I have a feeling we're going to hate them for a little bit. We're going to go through like a Mark period where Mark starts to look like a really good guy. Um, and they're going to have terrible starting point arcs. Okay. Um, yeah. Anything to say about Mark? What's he got going on? Anything other than being best friends with Richard now? No, I like it. I like it. I I enjoy him right now. He's in a good spot. Um, also we need to rate this episode too. We do. You're right. We do. Let's Let's rate this episode. Um, I'm going to give this episode a resident 0.49, a 3.49. Okay. For me, it's a resident. Like it's just right in the middle. It's an episode of Grey's Anatomy. You know, there, you know, it's nice. Nobody died. That's a win. Yep. Uh, not a whole lot of medical drama. I mean, I guess kind of the hunter thing, the needle in the eyeball, not a fan. Um, but yeah, there's not a whole lot of like, Oh my God. Uh, it's really just about our, our characters and, and kind of establishing where they are for the fourth season and kind of where they're going to be going from here. I think, uh, I mentioned this before, but Shonda said that what she was trying to do with the season three finale was basically burn down everything she had built so that season four could be about rebuilding it. And from a completely different perspective. And I think we're just in the middle of that, you know, they're not doing a bad job. It's not a bad episode. It's just like they're building, you know, and part of that it's, just only going to be not every episode can be a bomb in a person. Cause then it's like, cause then it's like, well, that's becomes boring anyways. And so it loses the wow factor. Yeah, exactly. So for me, it's an episode of grace. It's good. It's not bad at all. The acting is good. The writing is good. It's fine. Other than the Alex doing the completely unmotivated thing at the end, everything feels like the natural, natural progression of where we're at with these people. Um, and so looking forward to seeing how they continue to rebuild and and what the show is going to do moving forward. Yeah, I agree. I think for me, uh, it was a little bit above a three because I actually enjoyed, like I, this is the first time I've been like intrigued by a Meredith storyline truly. Uh, so I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. Let's see where this goes. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
I would have put it maybe above. Uh, I would have given it the 0.5 or above, maybe even a 0.6 if Alex didn't just totally douchebag yeah. it up in the end for no yeah. unprovoked reason. Yeah, that's uh, the thing for me. Like, there are ways they could have written that where, again, it's still shitty, but it could have been motivated and it could have made more sense that he did it. Where he's at character arc wise, it didn't make sense. It was very off putting. Yes, because, again, he's come so far. This is very like season one episode three alex yeah. Not season four episode three alex like just no sense so yeah, yeah. uh but that's for it, it was just it was an episode it was it was yeah. an episode of grace mm-hmm. and we enjoyed it it was good um and i'm curious to see the norman storyline as they progress uh so thank you oh I'm yeah glad. do you have any predictions about norman no i'm just right now i'm just along <laughs> he's for the gonna ride. be there i'm just enjo- the prediction. i'm just enjoying him right now i want to yeah. see what his uh storyline looks like but I like him. Okay. I like him as a character. I always, yeah. I also always really liked him in Gilmore Girls from what I saw. Yeah. I have not seen every episode of Gilmore Girls, um, mm-hmm. but I really appreciated him and what he brought to the show. So I'm excited to see what he brings to this. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's it for us. Um, again, you can find Patreon link in our bio in Instagram or the show notes for this, as well as our social media handles. You can email us again. We love the emails. They make us feel joy in our heart. And, um, you can find that Grace Academy pod at gmail.com. And we are hoping to work on some more Patreon content. We are, um, tossing around the idea of doing less intense, private practice reviews and uploading those on Patreon. Um, just because we probably cannot consistently pump out a, a private practice and a Gray's full form content every single week. But Carmen also will need to be caught up on private practice when we get to our crossover episodes and stuff. So, and then station um, 19. Yeah, eventually that's coming in hot. Uh, although I haven't watched that. So, I've only watched the crossover episodes and one episode that I thought was a crossover episode and I watched the wrong one. Um, well, that'll give that, both of us a chance to watch this yeah. for the first time. Well, coming in with fresh eyes, it would be Look at that. a different, different, different show completely. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. Please continue to share us with your friends. Um, and uh, I hope you're having a lovely Thursday or whatever day of the week you're listening to this. And remember, if you see Carmen wandering down the street, no spoilies. Don't think about it. Definitely let's exchange information on Instagram. Take a <laughs> selfie together. Uh, let me know what your favorite episode has been so far. And uh, don't, don't do anything other than that. No, no spoilers. We don't like it. Um, and we'll see you all in the next one.